Hey, this is Erin Lindstrom, and you're listening to Thank You For You. This is a show about celebrating and acknowledging our humanness as well as our beingness, the easy and the hard, the gifts and the (laughs) gifts we don't really like but choose to accept anyway. This is a show about and for people in pursuit of more peace, more joy, more money, more justice, and more of the awe that life has to give us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for you. Welcome back to Thank You For You. It's Erin. And the conversation that you are about to listen to is with um, a beautiful, brilliant human named Nadia Munla. And Nadia is, she and I were introduced through Jamie Jensen. So mutual best friend in common, which is always fun. I love meeting like my best friend's best friends um, because they're always magical, right? And like have gifts. And uh, in college, we called it friendship fairy dust um, when you were kind of like introduced to someone outside of your circle, but they're like pre-qualified to be in your circle. Um, so anyway, Nadia and I met, we were talking about her coming to facilitate um, a training I guess you could call it a training. Um, It's more of a dance class, um, but inside of one of my retreats for Shiny Bitches. And it was in New York City. And when she was telling me about it, this like sensual movement um, experience, it made me super uncomfortable (laughs) in in a just in a personal way where I like wasn't really comfortable um, with my body like in that way at that time. Um, and I felt that resistance and discomfort and decided, yes, I want her there. Like, I guess I want this to be part of the curriculum because this is important. And, you know, I think I knew it was important for me on a personal level, but then also just as, um, as humans, right? Like in these bodies, like there's stuff to move through and we need to be doing that in different ways and different people have different gifts. And so I just thought it was really important. Um, I later ended up actually studying with Nadia and um, becoming a certified embodied dance teacher. And I love it. I use it at retreats. I use it with my clients. Um, It's really been a transformational um, modality for me. And if you're wondering like, what the heck is it? I think of it as guided meditation meets dance party. (laughs) And so it's really, really beautiful. And we'll talk about it more in the interview. Um, Before we pop into it, I want to share a little bit about Nadia with you. So she is an embodiment embodiment and intimacy coach and the creator of Embody by Nadia. She coaches and trains visionaries and magic makers in the art and science of embodied leadership and revolutionary intimacy. Embody has been featured at the Health Coach Institute, Soul Camp East and West, Goddess on the Go, World Domination Summit, and many other events and retreats in Bali, Peru, Tulum, Hawaii, um, all over the world. Embody is also being taught at UK Women's Prison at an eating disorder clinic, and it uh, will soon teach classes to teens and women of color fighting depression. So this work really is revolutionary, and uh, Nadia is just such an incredible leader. So without further ado, I will let you enjoy the episode. Thank you for being here. Yay, Nadia, thank you so, so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to chat with you and and to see where this conversation goes. And to kind of start us off, I have a question. And you are welcome to take this in whatever direction you want to go in. There's no right or wrong or too small or too big. And the question is, um, who are you and how did you get here? 
<laughs> I am a star seed. No, I'm kidding. I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I I am a. Um, Okay, this this just went really dark. (laughs) I'm going to go there because that's where that's the first thing that popped up. But I'm actually, I'm a child of war Mm. um, that uh, experienced a lot of uh, war trauma very early in my life and didn't really realize that it was a thing until way, way later in my life. And the reason why this is important on my journey and the work that I do in the world is Um, when I started to realize the amount of programming in my nervous system that was responsible um, for the way in which I was interacting with the world, the way that I saw the world, the way that I functioned in the world, um, that so much of it was in connection to things that happened in the first few years of my life. Not until I really started to understand the science um, truly behind our nervous system, that I start to understand that, oh, I can actually create my own reality and not just from that place of like, you know, before that I'd been sort of swirling around in this world that's all about like positive thinking and mantra this, mantra mm-hmm. that, you know, which is great. And if you don't understand what's happening in your nervous system, mm-hmm. um, you you can feel broken. And so, that's sort of what wanted to come through, but the more the the more normal way that I introduce myself <laughs> to people is um, is that you know I'm an embodiment and intimacy coach. That's what I do now in the world, and um, I'm also the creator of Embody by Nadia, which is a movement modality that I created where we. Um, we basically through feminine central movement explore three different um, archetypes around pleasure, power, and play. And uh, this is also just generally the buckets of um, the themes that I work with even in my one-on-one um, coaching practice. And uh, I I do all of this because of what I have mentioned earlier, because I know so many of us, you may have not grown up in a war, it might have been um, what felt like, you know, a war in um, your household or a war inside of your, uh, between you and your body or, you know, some sort of other battle, but that there's different things that could have happened. Amazing. So it's so interesting, Nadia, because the last recording I did for the podcast, I, you know, asked that same question and um, I was interviewing Jerisha Hawk, and the first thing she said was, I'm a child of God. And you started with, I'm a child of war. And I just thought that was so incredible. <laughs> like, interesting how those things come through. <laughs> wow. Wow. I feel like maybe your next program is like, I'm a child of fill in the blank. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll have a whole card deck with like all of the possible things you can be a child of. <laughs> oh, man. oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So I've been lucky enough to work with you and to experience Embodied by Nadia and use this at my um, different retreats and inside of my programs. And it's been a really incredible tool. And I think coming into our bodies is such an interesting part of leadership that not many people talk about. Um, And I was wondering, can you tell us more about like the importance of that and a little bit about how to even get started? 
Yeah, um, it is. It's so, so key because we are just living in a world and we have been living in a world for quite a while now. So not just our generation, but, you know, all the all the sort of DNA that we we inherited um, from the last few generations where essentially we are being asked to primarily uh, produce work, operate from the neck up, mm-hmm. right? So it's very, very much about doing, strategizing, producing, so on and so forth. And uh, if you notice, if you are, you know, working sort of a typical job, if you were very much in your body, in your like more feminine, um, you would be all about feeling and emoting and mm-hmm. expressing and like enjoying beauty, right? And if you were to look out the window and be like, look at that beautiful butterfly, <laughs> like your boss is just going to be like, what, what the, right? <laughs> what are you, doing? you know, like that isn't celebrated. Mm-hmm. And that isn't revered. And so we um, more recently, just like in, I guess, like, you know, modern civilization have because of capitalism, patriarchy, I mean, a combination of different systems that are in play have essentially guided us towards a life where only one piece of us is really cultivated. And we've mm-hmm. lost touch with this other piece that actually has been around and has facilitated and been a key part of human evolution for so freaking long, which is your intuition, your feeling, your body. If you think about animals, every other animal, right, Mm -hmm. is out there and uses their body to essentially navigate their entire life. When there is danger around, um, mm-hmm. in what direction to go, right? Like we see crazy things like like flocks of birds in a particular like shape. We mm-hmm. see, you know, all sorts of fascinating things in nature, the way the ants move together, right? Like all these things, how are, how are they doing that? That's through, you know, being in the body. And somehow as um, humans, the more civilization evolved into, okay, we show up to work, we do the thing, we sit in the cubicle, you know, the more we have disconnected from this part of us, um, which is also directly in correlation with how much we've disconnected with nature Mm -hmm. and from our sort of primal animalistic side of us, which in and of itself is problematic too, because if you look at the world right now, um, every problem, (laughs) every Mm -hmm. problem that exists is because of um, this, a sort of presumption that we are better and different than the rest of nature. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's so directly correlated with our disconnection from our bodies. And so what I truly believe and sort of what lights, li- lights the fire in my belly in my work is um, getting leaders and visionaries and people who are out there um, doing beautiful work to bring the body back online and into the formula a lot more because that is the portal into our connection to nature. And so once we're reconnected with nature, 
you know, we're at, we actually won't extinct our own species right. <laughs> like, because that's what's happening. Like we're literally like, Oh, why are there like fires in California? And why is like the world? It's like, well, why do you think? <laughs> Cause we think we're better than, and there is this disconnection. So that's really the big, like I went really macro there um, because that is really, really what lights the fire for me. And, you know, on a day-to-day basis, when I'm working with individuals, I, you know, I truly believe that dropping more into your body allows more access to pleasure, allows, you know, the mundane to get more magical, allows you to um, step more into a level of power that Mm -hmm. is deeper and richer and more with the earth than, you know, just the power that comes with the head. So often people think that, oh, because you're into embodiment, like you're suddenly are like, you know, oh yeah, the head, you know, let's leave the head on over there. No, I hunt, I'm such a heady person. I'm super strategic. I think it's so important to have structure um, that facilitates and supports you know, form and energy and the feminine. And um, we just need to rebalance is essentially what's what's been missing. We've just been so far on one end of the spectrum that all we're doing is like just making our way back to the the middle, which may mean that we go all the way to the other end for a little while, you know, as we we readjust as humans. Yeah, that's a really interesting point about rebalancing. And I think about that sometimes with feminism, and people thinking that that's means going going all the way to the other side and like, no, it's about being equal. It's about being in the middle. Um, and it sounds like your work is doing that as well. Being able to touch yeah. all of the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You know, the thing with feminism, um, because of course, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a feminist, but when we talk about feminism, I think we're referring to sort of like the 60s, 70s version of feminism. And, mm-hmm. and I think what, what didn't work out for us there. Um, we had the right idea, but what didn't work for work out for us there is that we felt that the way to get to a place of equality was through sameness. Mm. And I think that what we're still fighting for, like obviously we all want equality. We still are waiting for the rest of our dollar, you know? Right. Um, and it doesn't have to mean that we have to be the same. So what does and of that course, Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You were going to ask something. Well, it's okay. Do you want to finish that thought? I lost it. Okay. No worries. Um, Great. I lost mine too. (laughs) But basically I was going to ask something along the lines of like, so women coming into their power and it not looking the same. um, What? So you were talking before about dropping into your body, right? And like, I think for a lot of women, even knowing exactly what that means is a little bit like, Huh? And even when we started working together, I remember one of the first things we kind of chatted about was um, (laughs) my period. And I was on, I can't even think of what it's called right now, but basically I wasn't getting a period and I was happy about that. And you were like, oh, cool. You're being a man. (laughs) And I was like, "Mm," because I was obsessed with, not obsessed, but I was very into the efficiency and felt like being in my feminine was like not helpful for what I was trying to do because I was trying to take control of things. Um, So when it comes to like being in your body and dropping into it, can you talk to us a little bit more about like, what does that actually look like? And, you know, the, the commonalities of like thinking that efficient is always the way to go. I feel like you can probably disprove that. (laughs) And I'd love to hear your thoughts around that. 
Mm-hmm. Well, um, I won't. I, I see. I'm a fan of efficiency, so I'm actually going to mm. argue that dropping into your body is more efficient. Yeah. Um, and here's why. So. The first thing that if you're really just completely confused about like, okay, I don't know how to drop into my body. What do mm-hmm. I even do? The very, the simplest tool that I want to give you all listening is this. You slow down, you close your eyes, and you obviously start by just connecting with your breath. And then just for a few minutes, what you do is you essentially scan each sense. So you drop in and you just start to notice your sense of taste. Perhaps, you know, you lick your lips and, you know, you just start to feel like, is there a craving for a taste? Or perhaps there's a taste of something that, you know, you just ate. Um, Maybe you've got some lip gloss on and it has one of those like bubble gum Mm -hmm. tastes. Um, And then, you know, you take a few more breaths and then you tune into your sense of sound and you notice what sounds are in your environment or how silence sounds like in your environment you keep moving into sight and, you know, smell and, you know, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So you go through all your senses. And if you do that for five minutes, if you just give yourself a timer of about five minutes or so, where you take the time to just do like essentially what's like a a a sensual meditation or a sensual inventory. um, It's really easy, right? You don't need a cheat sheet for it even. You Mm -hmm. just know, okay, five senses. We all know what they are. Although sometimes halfway through, I forget. (laughs) I'm like, wait, what's the other one? (laughs) Right. And so doing that for five minutes, come, come back to us and tell us that you didn't, don't feel a little bit more present and connected to your body. It's not mm-hmm. possible. Everyone I guide through this process feels just a little bit more connected. And, um, and so that's, that's the easy, 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 easy tool to just drop in. Anyone can it. do it. You can do it anywhere. You don't need music. You don't need accessories. Like it's just, there's no excuses really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the um, the other thing that came to mind, just because you mentioned, you know, the work we were doing um, with um, cycles and periods is seasonal, you know, um, is really about um, seasonal living and understanding that you have, you are a cyclical being. We all are cyclical, but in particular, mm-hmm. women's bodies are very, very cyclical because of just because of the fact that we have a period, right? So we have, we are hormonally speaking, four different humans <laughs> throughout mm-hmm. the month. And I know, I know you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> like we all are like, I'm, you know, during ovulation, I'm a rock star. I can do whatever I want. And then it's like, you know, right before your period and you're like, the world is ending. <laughs> and so, um, so the reason why um, seasonal living and being aware of your cycle is so important is because going back to this idea of efficiency, when you are trying to work against the energy, mm-hmm. um, you are going to be frustrated. You're going to waste more time. You're going to procrastinate. You're going to f- have resistance, right? Like, and that's not efficient. But when you time and organize your tasks and your business and, you know, what it is that you want to fill your day with in such a way that is in parallel and in alignment to how your body is functioning that week, what is it that your superpowers are that week, um, how different hormone levels in your body allow you to just be quicker at certain things, you know, like they, you know, selling, you sell so well when you're in ovulation, right? It's like pitching, selling, you know, being mm-hmm. in front of people because you're like, boom, I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very. 
Um, and then, you know, you organize better when you're in luteal. Like, so there's just like a lot of things. I mean, this on its own is like a whole podcast interview, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a way to, um, to start to drop in so that your cycles are actually supporting your productivity in the world. You know, and the more we drop into and stay connected with just what's coming up in our bodies, the intuitive hits with the emotion, emotions that are moving through our bodies, um, we are more in tune with um, life force, with spirit, with energy, whatever, however, you know, you connect with, you know, that which cannot be described. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and, and the more you're connected with that, the more you're going to go in the right direction and going to be guided towards the things that are more efficient. Because in a way, when you allow space for miracles, that's more efficient, right? When you allow like spirit to just move you into writing this blog post or talking to this person and, you know, all these moments that we have in our lives that we think back on and go, oh, wow, if that didn't happen, my life would look so differently or my business would look so differently. That happens a lot more when we are able to drop into our senses and therefore drop into our bodies and be present. Mm, So beautiful and so true. And I think there's such an unlearning here because even, you know, the idea of efficiency, and I feel like you just redefine this for us. Um, we growing up in like a patriarchal society, right? We're so um, taught that you go to school, you get a job, you get a good education, you get married, like, there's this road to productivity and being a, a capable human that is kind of like sold. And I think it's fascinating that, you know, we're also sold on like, what does efficiency mean? And this idea that like, that's not actually the most efficient way. The most efficient way is plugging into who you are and to actually listening to your body. It's not about just doing, doing, doing. It sounds like it's a lot more about being. I think it's, 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 it's both. It's just that we have, we've just pushed away the being so much, right? Mm. So we still have to do, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot more efficient when you slow down and you pause for a few days when you're unclear about something Mm -hmm. and really feel like what's, what doesn't feel right here or like what needs to shift, you know, or just be in a space of not even thinking about any of those things and just like taking some time off to rest. And then suddenly it'll click in and then the path you take after that from just a few days of pause could be a lot more efficient because you finally landed on what's most in alignment. But if you just are scrambling around and working from a place of hypervigilance mm-hmm. and chaotic energy, you may do a hundred things, but none of those things are actually the things that are going to support what you're met, most meant to do or what you most desire to create. And so I think that's the piece that um, the way that that our day to day has been set up by, you know, the old white dudes Mm -hmm. (laughs) is, um, is, is is set up by the old white dudes. So they don't, you know, Mm -hmm. they weren't thinking about like, Oh, right. Like a woman's rhythm and the importance of that. And, um, we now all just assume, oh, right, like we have to go at the same pace in the same way. We're meant to be consistent and wake up every day and do the same things in the same order. Because, you know, male bodies tend to work more that way. They actually are really supported by um, a lot more discipline and a lot more of structure. Um, but that isn't always the case um, for, for more female bodies, basically. 
Hmm. What do you say, like, so to many women who are, you know, growing their businesses, is there something that you feel like is the ultimate message that like they need to hear or the thing that most people are kind of coming up against? Follow the energy. Hmm. Like follow the energy. It is so, we are so uh, conditioned to listen to others, to, you know, follow the formula, to reach out outside of us, to try to understand um, and sort of replicate and implement the way someone else did it. Oh, look, I had my seven figure year, blah, blah, blah. Here's how you Mm -hmm. do it, right? I'm not totally saying none of that information is relevant. Like we all need to learn how to create this or that, you know, and there's beautiful Mm -hmm. courses out there to create that. But I think the danger comes when we outsource our own intuition and trust in these other, and we, we send it out to other people instead of check in and go, wait, hold on. Does my body feel good in doing this? Hmm. Does do I feel drained or do I feel fueled by this task? This is so key because early on, you know, we want to do everything. We're going to do the podcast. We want to do the guest teaching. We want to do the webinar. We want to do, right? We're like, we see everyone doing all the things. We're like, oh, I got to do all the things. And it's like, wait, hold on, slow down and feel into what does your body light up doing? Where mm-hmm. do you feel most alive? Is it? on an interview with someone else? Is it recording dance videos and having like positive messages like, you know, at the bottom Mm -hmm. while you're dancing? Is it, uh, you know, there's whatever, there's a million different things you could do. Is it just sitting there and writing a novel? But um, you have to follow the energy because that's like little winks from the universe going like, come here this way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't go do that other thing that makes you feel so tired. Mm-hmm. Anything where you feel drained and tired is not the thing for you to do. How can you tell the difference between feeling drained and tired versus like resistance? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so <laughs> uh, resistance to me usually, you know, is a, um, I have to give like a very mini science lesson on the nervous system here um, to explain how I see resistance. Okay. Um, basically, uh, you know, we've got essentially um, the the part of our brain that you know we refer to as like the reptilian part of our brain that's really responsible. It's the oldest part of our brain. Like back in the day, before we even spoke language, we didn't have words. We had this part of our brain that was developed that essentially was there to protect us from. From danger. So it's like our survival mechanism. And that part of our brain, you know, some of us have heard this before, some of us haven't, um, essentially has these different modes that it goes into, which is fight, flight, or freeze. And these are different ways in which to you evaluate your, your, uh, your body, your nervous system essentially evaluates the level of danger and then your physicality and decides whether you're able to fight, whether you should run for your life mm-hmm. <laughs> or whether you should just play dead because it's too fucking late, you know, right. And freeze at freeze in the 21st century has, has evolved. And so freeze, I believe, um, looks a lot like overwhelm and procrastination and, um, um, uh, 
resistance, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's just one version of freeze that we play out in our day to day. And we play this out because on some level, whatever it is we're about to do, let's say we're going to, we want to um, get on stage for our like, you know, signature talk, or we want to run our first webinar or whatever it is we might be doing. um, We are feeling resistance um, because our bodies are actually, our nervous system thinks there is, it's a matter of life and death mm-hmm. and moves into this version of freeze, which it comes as resistance, right? So, so mm. when that's happening, that's what's going on in your nervous system is like, you're essentially going like, it's okay. I'm just not going to do anything right here. That's right. better. Right. So you play dead. It's sort of like you, you literally <laughs> just play dead. You're like, I don't need to do any of this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because on some level, you know, it's probably connected to, you know, something with your, um, you know, a childhood wound or something there that's early on that was planted in your psyche about being seen or, you know, I mean, we, that's just depends on the person, but because of that, you have this, this fear, this, it just feels like terror, like my life depends on it. And so you resist. And then there is oh, there's just this thing that I keep doing. And every time I do it, I just feel like, uh, about Mm -hmm. it. Right. And to me, those are two very different feelings because with one, you are do, you can do the task. You don't Mm -hmm. really have a problem doing it, but you're not, you're not feeling good as you do it or after you do it. Mm -hmm. You don't feel more awake, more alive, more vibrant, more turned on you know, um, and with resistance, it's a moment in time where you freeze. And, you know, we can talk about the tools of how to get out of freeze. That's sort of separate. But once you surpass the resistance and you're actually doing the thing that you're doing, you feel super fucking alive. So Mm -hmm. once you pass that resistance and you're on stage and you're giving your signature talk, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I waited 16 years to do this. Right, (laughs) right. Oh, the like avoidance and dissociation. It's so interesting. I super appreciate you breaking that down. Sure. Mm-hmm. So with Embodied by Nadia, um, how can you tell us a little bit about um, how you got to creating that? And was that something that you were like following the energy? Like, how did that come about? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's totally a follow the energy. So I was already coaching mm-hmm. and um I had been separately way before I started my coaching practice, I was a sensual uh, feminine movement instructor. Mm-hmm. And so I was already trained in a lot of the somatics and um, the embodiment tools, but specifically around dropping into your erotic energy. And so I was doing that on the side as a separate thing. And I was bringing in some pieces of it into my coaching, but at some point just on a random day, I got this um, clear vision of a class that I thought, oh, hey, this could be a fun little like movement workshop I could teach. Uh, And I decided next, you know, the next week, I basically set it up with my, I was a part of a mastermind. So I was like, Mm -hmm. hey, can I teach it to you guys? And so I did. And everyone cried. And they were like, this is what you need to do. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and, you know, fast forward, I guess about four or five years now. And um, I'm now training people to teach, right? You're one mm-hmm. of those people who I got to train. And um, that was never part of strategy. I couldn't have made that up or 
strategized that or visioned it in a million years because it just wasn't something that I necessarily wanted to do. But that day, the energy just took me there and some stuff started coming through and then I tried it and, and people kept asking for more and more and more classes than training and more trainings. And, and here I am now. And essentially it is actually probably, uh, no, it is the meat and potatoes of my business. It really is the, the, the core mm-hmm. foundational um, piece of what I offer in the world at the moment. And so it's, it's a prime example of, you know, following what feels good um, and not what you think might make you money or what seems logical or what your parents think you're good at doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like my first career. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and instead just going like, you know, I remember loving to make playlists and just making playlist after playlist after playlist and just feeling like that's always just like the most useless skill to have in terms of monetization. (laughs) Um, But now I literally make money off of making playlists, you know, Mm -hmm. that's part of my job. And so I think that there is, um, there is just some magic that happens when you follow the energy and follow what turns you on and allow, you know, what I tell a lot of my clients all the time is, you know, it's a co-creative process with, with the universe if you let it. And if you try to take on the burden as an entrepreneur, as someone creating something in the world of like, oh, this is 100% on me. Oh my God, it's going to feel so heavy and it's going to drain the shit out of you. But mm-hmm. if you realize, oh, I show up for 50% and then I allow, I step back and I allow for 50% to meet me, you know, from all the energy that's working with me. Mm-hmm then it's like a hundred times easier to just have things happen and talk about efficiency. That's efficient because you're only using 50% of your energy instead of a hundred. <laughs> um, so, so that's a little bit about, you know, how that came into play. And then the other piece of, of it is that, you know, from a more strategic thought process standpoint, I got really clear about the structure and format of the class um, because I had been coaching women for a while and I had noticed there was sort of a few different themes that were coming up over and over again with women I was talking to, whether they were in Lebanon or in Australia or in the States. And And no matter what age they were or background, it was like the three messages that they were all trying to, you know, work out of sort of Mm -hmm. strip off their bodies was the idea, you know, that pleasure and sensuality is dangerous, Mm -hmm. that um, play is unproductive, and that emotionality is weak. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, these are all like, yay, messages from the patriarchy, which yep. P.S. also affect, you know, not just women, right? They affect everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but in particular, because I was supporting women, th- this was the group of people I was thinking about. And so we had these three messages around, pa- you know, pleasure, power and play. And um, I created as a result, what naturally came through was these three sections of class where we explore these three different messages and we essentially liberate ourselves from them through movement, through exploration of what it feels like in your body to actually do the opposite, to drop into what feels good, to find pleasure in your body, you know, to allow yourself to uh, bring in sort of the medicine and essence of your inner little girls, like innocent, raw, like unabashed heart, right? Mm -hmm. And then to also drop into like the fierceness of your emotionality, your heart, 
um, sort of your Kali-esque energy that is able to alchemize more of the darkness into power, more of the emotionality into something beautiful and a, a new way of leading, essentially. And so that's really uh, how I brought in, I guess, both the energy piece of it and the the flow as well as my head, you know, and the strategy of like, Oh, what was I seeing in the world? What were women really struggling with? Wow. <laughs> Listening to that, I have goosebumps and like having experienced all of that, like you just offer such an incredible, like an access to the depth of ourselves, I think. And it's so beautiful and it's so important. And I loved how you brought that back around to the efficiency too with the 50%. Like it's just so important and not, you know, taught as widely as it needs to be. And so I so appreciate you being here for this conversation, for sharing with our listeners and really for you and your work in this world, like genuinely from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for you. Mm, Thank you. Hey, it's Erin. And I want you to know that you matter. Everything you're doing and everything you've done, it all matters. It all counts because you are important to the people around you, your family and friends, your audience, your clients, and quite honestly, to the world. Whether you're changing lives on the front line or changing lives while you're changing diapers, your presence matters. Every life you touch counts. And from just one interaction, there can be infinite, meaningful effects. And for that reason, I want to thank you for showing up and doing the work to be with yourself and share your light and your gifts and your love with those around you. If you want support with any of this human being stuff, you're always welcome to join me inside of my coaching membership, Human Being Club at humanbeingclub.com or follow along with me on Instagram for more behind the scenes, silly stuff at Erin Lindstrom. Once again, thank you for being here and thank you for you.